Hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Thanks Morris. Friends, we have a great one. Oh, by the way, I am Marie the SLP, but you already knew that. And I'm bringing in another SLP or speech language pathologist today. Actually, I'm bringing her back, y'all. Elaine from Pacific Northwest Speechy, PNW Speechy on Instagram, is back. We're just continuing our feel-good conversation that we had at the beginning of this year. We are talking all about burnout. We're diving more into burnout um, more than we did last time we talked on the podcast. We're really trying to give you guys an idea of what burnout might look like, ways to have some preventative measures in place. So that way you can not necessarily avoid it, but manage it or maybe, yeah, prevent it and find ways to balance your life that help you and serve you the best way they can for you. Ultimately, we want you to know it's not a scary thing. Um, you know, new SLPs, think people that are thinking about being SLPs, we want you to know, yes, yeah, sometimes in any job, burnout might come along. Uh, so here's our take on it. Sit back, listen, maybe take some notes, and don't forget to let us know what you think after you're done listening. Rate, review, subscribe, share this one with your friends, share them all with your friends, but I know this one, especially right now when we're nearing so close, I know for some of us in the school systems, you know, we're nearing close to that summer break, um, but we're in that home stretch. This is, this is a good one. All right, friends, here we go. Hello, Elaine. Hello, I'm back. You're back <laughs> so soon. I'm so excited. I think this is perfect because we're just basically going to be, and I know we were just talking before we hit record, but we're just basically going to be continuing our conversation. If you heard our episode the first week of January, um, we're just going to continue talking about, what do we just say? We're going to talk about protecting your energy. Mm-hmm. A little bit about burnout, but you know, addressing it um, from a couple of different perspectives too. Um, and thank you to Alexa from Speech Hiccups. Um, there's a video that she mentioned that we should watch on YouTube, and it talks about burnout versus moral injury. So I think we can kind of touch on that a little bit too. Yeah. 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 So. I guess I'll just get into it. Let's get in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no need for any uh, formalities. Oops. Oh, I just bumped my knee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, we were just, so before we recorded, we were just talking about, I guess, I guess um, in a sense, like talking about, you know, quote unquote burnout and how, how we can kind of normalize the conversation about it. That way, it's not something that we necessarily fear, um, but that we know how to acknowledge because it's not like, and maybe we can start by just sharing more of our own experiences with burnout, um, whether they be like, if we think about it on a scale, like, you know, maybe it's like a minor burnout feeling versus like a more like, you know, I need to take a few days off of work or a week off or something to, you know, type of feeling, I guess, um, I think, and even on that note, like, I think, can we, we got to at some point address normalizing, taking our own mental health days and taking ownership oh, when we need that. <laughs> yeah, right. When you said that, I was just thinking like, you know what? I think part of our conversation or, or our passion behind burnout is really just more actually about the preventative measure and like how, 
how you can pour into yourself and create some of the boundaries. There's this partnership between the systems and how the systems um, are failing us in some ways and aren't mm -hmm. supportive of our overall well-being, our mental health, um, and just our sustainability, like our energy management, like how are we going to sustain ourselves over a long course of time and not just for that year, but like for a career. Um, but then it's also this partnership with ourselves, like how do we um, support ourselves and align ourselves so that we can show up in the situation or an environment where we are self-aware um, so that we can take, so we can do two things, take the steps that we need um, to take where, like the things that we can control within ourselves and work on it, but also that self-awareness will fuel the ability to advocate. I think you can't really advocate and ask your admin or kind of fight back with admin on like, hey, this is not right unless you have that self-awareness. So I think you're right. It's all rooted in that. And um, that thread of self-awareness will help fuel the two, two lines of yourself and empowering yourself to do the things you need to do to take care of your well-being, but also to really focus on what what are the parts in the systems that just don't work and yeah. you can have to make some noise and let admin know like, hey, this is not it. And I will say one thing is the caseloads in school districts, like I feel pretty fortunate that I came into a district where I think the SLPs before me had really fought hard alongside with the union um, to get a caseload that's really manageable. But when I have, you know, peers from my cohort, my grad cohort who tell me they see kids like in the hundreds, like they say their yeah. caseload's like 100, 120. I don't understand what that means. Like that, that's, yeah, for sure you're going to be on track to burnout because that's a system, right? That's not on you. I get it. That's a system thing. Um, but there's, I think today's, for the sake of today's podcast, we're really going to try to talk more about what we can do because that's really like, yeah, at least in my experiences, that's what I had to do to kind of preserve myself, my energy and my joy and happy. Like, how did I do this? It's like, you know, yeah. I did change, I changed settings. I'm going to be honest. There's been times yeah. where I've left jobs because I was like, you know what, this is not worth it. This system does not align and agree with me. And I have to move on to a different, um, different system. It, I think that's a really, and I was, as you were talking too, my, my thing was like, okay, so we can talk about, you know, all the reasons why, right. We could talk about those hundred kid caseloads. We could talk about, you know, a district not being as supportive as we thought or whatever, but really it's like, where can we, you and I, and where can we inspire others to take action? I think that's a really huge yeah. piece, whether, you know, if you feel comfortable, if you're in a district or, or a setting, I should say, where, you know, the productivity or the caseload or whatever it is, is too much. If you feel confident enough and you feel heard to be able to say, I need help, or can we change? Can we, can I talk, you know, if you could talk to your union rep and get, you know, get a, um, like, what is it? It's called an MOU, a memorandum to the, to your contract or whatever it is, you know, implemented. If that's something the majority of SLPs in your program or whatever are willing to do, like there are ways to take action and it just, but then you have to, again, have that self-awareness of like, okay, but how much am I 
willing to invest? How much is it going to affect? Is it going to increase my mental health? Is it going to decrease it by doing this? It's really a self-reflection moment. It's something that you, you know most about yourself. Um, and like you said, if it's not, if it's, if it's not worth it, which is okay, it's okay. If it's not worth it, then you can change settings and you can find something that does align more with you and how you want, what is going to create the best environment for you to do your job at a hundred percent or, you know, whatever percentage you want to do it at. Um, (laughs) and I think that's okay. And even for me, you know, I've had moments when I think about changing where I'm at, because not just because things aren't good, things are great for the most part, but there, there are also things that, you know, as far as an institution goes, like there are things that I might be a lot really alone in that might make my job a hundred times better for me based on who I am. Um, and I've had to have a lot of reflection and stuff in like, is this something that, you know, I really need and if it's a yes and I need to move on then I have to go down the path of it is okay my students they're going to have another great SLP you know the team members they're going to have someone great to work with and I think that's sometimes where I get tripped up too and I think that's where a lot of us might get tripped up on and we don't realize it when we need Mm -hmm. to make decisions for the better of ourselves and maybe our families so yeah um Oh my gosh. There's so many thoughts. I'm like, there's so <laughs> many floating thoughts. I don't know where to go first. Um, the thing that I do want to continue on is really normalizing that you don't have to stay where you are. Um, I have hopped around in multiple settings. I've worked in private practices. I've worked in hospital setting, autism centers, um, and now school setting. Um, and I have met therapists along the way who are great friends of mine. And there's always a sense of what you were saying, that loyalty to their families and their clients, where they feel like they can't leave, where they're so invested um, in their relationship and their rapport. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that we offer when we all go into this field is just this commitment and this love for what we actually do and love beyond just the the clinical aspect but the human aspect of being invested in our relationships however i think it's so important that you don't forget to love yourself essentially and that you don't sacrifice yourself along the way for those relationships like those clients are so important but you know what trust your field, trust your colleagues that someone will pick up that child and have that same love, but you are the only one who knows yourself best and what you need. And you can't expect that um, others will be able to like support you in the way that you need. And so for me personally, a few, a few settings I've been in, I did have to leave. And honestly, I didn't really have much guilt. I think there was a little bit in the beginning up front, but I've always been one that I kind of like had faith in my fellow colleagues and peers and whoever's an SLP. I'm like, you know what? They're going to come in with that same heart that I have. And those families and kids are going to be in great hands, but there's only one of me and one well-being, like one, one, one of my brain and body, like I got to take care and pour into myself. So I'm the only one who can empower myself to make those changes yeah. so I can sustain um, my well-being. Exactly. I think that that's, that's just, that's the important message. It's like, it's okay. And I love that you said it's okay if 
you know, you decide it's not the placement for you. I think, um, you know, even for me, it's like you get kind of jaded maybe in your clinical fellowship to think, okay, you know, I'm going to not, and not always, this doesn't happen for everyone. I'm just, I guess my own experience is like after my clinical fellowship, I was kind of under the impression that you, I don't know. I just felt locked in. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like I, um, I, all these kids relied on me, even though I switched positions, you know, I went to a whole different caseload after my clinical fellowship, but I was still in the district. I felt like the district was relying on me. And I think, and it just sounds, when I say it out loud, I feel kind of silly because I am one out of, gosh, I don't even know how many SLPs at this point. Like maybe there's like 30, it feels like there's like 50 of us sometimes. And, and even that it's just like, I think that, you know, yes, do I feel like I'm doing something important? Yes, I feel like my, my families and the teachers I work directly with, you know, they find the value in what I do. But um, at the same time, it's like, I'm not Wonder Woman for this district. I don't put on, you know, I, I come in, yeah. I see my students and, and if I leave, they're going to find another, again, great SLP to to do my job. And the beauty of our job is that if you do something for a year or even six months and you're not feeling it, you have so many opportunities to find something different. Like you said, you've switched, you've done a multiple, you know, a multitude of, of things. And I think that's so awesome because then we can really find where we flourish and what is really going to fill us up. What's going to help us, you know, uh, maybe be challenged in the right ways, but also ways that we can be assertive. I know I talk a lot about protecting our energy and I think it's a journey to finding what really protects, like what ways we can protect our own energy. And when it comes to our work environment, I mean, I don't know, Elaine, how many out we spend the majority of our week at work? Yeah, I think that's why it's so important to talk about these topics um, because yes, like traditional 40 hours, right? But let's think about all the times that we're scrolling on Instagram to look for new ideas. We're shopping for things. We're prepping. And part of it is for fun too, right? We enjoy that. But part of it is really um, to accomplish a certain goal to support our clientele. Like I know last night I was like super tired, but I was scrolling on Instagram and I stumbled upon an account that talked about um, specifically how to treat, um, clients who script and who are like, and I, Mm -hmm. I like have a lot of kids like that right now. I was like, you know what? I could brush up on the skill. Next thing you know, I'm like on there for another like 30, 40 minutes. And so, you know, yeah, it's 40 hours, but honestly, probably a lot more. Um, and a few things that really just, I think is important to touch on. And I know, um, a few creators have been talking about this too. Um, Rachel being one from Speech with Rach is our identity. I think what you're saying, Marie, is um, it hits the nail on the head in the sense that I think we kind of wrap ourselves up in our identity as an SLP. And while I love my profession and I'm proud to be a speech language pathologist, um, I really hit a big, like, big life moment um, when I worked at the hospital and 
basically all I did was wear my SLP hat and I forgot every other hat that I wore. Like I forgot my role, like, and my hat as a wife, a sister, a daughter, a friend, like everything was just so focused on being an SLP that I just burnt out hardcore, but also like, I was just not a joy to be around. I was not, I did not enjoy my own company. And I felt bad for the people around me that all I did was want to talk about work. And I was just so invested in this one node in my world when we are made with so many, there's so many other things that make up our, our world. And I, I just focused so much on that. Um, it became so unhealthy and unbalanced. Right. Um, yeah. And- I think that that right there is so, when we talk about, you know, having this normalization of what burnout looks like and having, having this not be a scary thing for new SLPs, because it's really, it's not like, I would hate for somebody to like, see a post that I posted on Instagram or listen to a podcast for five seconds about us talking about burnout, that's thinking about being a speech pathologist and has these great, you know, makes great connections with clients if they're a grad student or whatever, and then gets worried that their first couple years of being a speech pathologist are going to be really, really challenging because that's really not the case when you can, I I guess, like listen to this this piece right here about it's not the only thing that makes you you. In fact, sometimes for me personally, I've had to, and this is something I've had to like unlearn and relearn is I sometimes need to make the SLP part of me very, very minimal. There are times in my life where I need to just, yes, it's my 40 hour plus week, a week job. Yes. I have a huge responsibility in helping my little ones and the families I work with, you know, feel really great about communication. And I, that's a big passion of mine. And when I'm in my sessions, I'm doing it. But sometimes even between those sessions, I need to compartmentalize and I need to focus on something for even 10 minutes because it's just, it's a week for me, you know, or it's a time for me where I know right now I want to be focusing on maybe it's my small business in between because it's, it's filling me up even that much more. And I, um, kind of similar to you. This, this is good. I don't know if I've told you this Elaine. So if I have, I'm sorry. And anybody listening is like tired of this story, <laughs> but I Hit had to, it on here. <laughs> I had to be physically like held by Mark, like it, my holding my shoulders and told <laughs> you are not just an SLP Aww. because the, and this is interesting. This is when I figured out how much I was actually letting that part of my life consume me. Um, and not about, I mean, it sounds like it's not a bad thing to be so in this job, but again, it's just having that. It's more than just having that balance. It's having that knowledge. It's having that self-awareness that there's so many great things that make you, you, you know, and I loved Rachel's post on it because she, she hit the nail. Like you said, she hit the nail on the head with, you know, even if it's being a dog mom, like for her, she's like, there are different ways that we can help ourselves take that SLP hat off. So that way we can put it back fresh the next day or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, during our first probably month of quarantine back almost a year ago, 
uh, back in like March. It was actually, I remember it because it was mid-April because it was right around the time of one of my best friend's birthdays because the next day we were going to have like a little, um, it's my roommate. And so we were going to have a little quarantine breakfast. And I remember being so nervous that my face was going to be puffy from crying the night before because in March when everything locked down, I freaked out because I was like, how do I service my students? And a big struggle with just going to all the different meetings that we were having like every day. I mean, I was consumed by admin and, or I was consumed, consumed by staff meetings. I couldn't even. so many. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, and everything was changing constantly. Okay. This week we want you to email all the families. Okay. This week we want you to offer virtual sessions. Okay. This week we want, and I was just like, but, you know, for preschool, it looked different. And we were meeting all the time. I met with, I swear, every person from the district office more than I met with my kids. Like, because we didn't know what to do. And they, they didn't want to do anything wrong. So everything was suspended. Meetings were suspended. It was just, it was nuts. And I felt so out of touch with my kids. Um, and I was so sad for so many reasons. One of those reasons, which doesn't seem big, but it was huge for me was it was my first, or it was my second full year completing the preschool program, which meant a lot of the kids that were going on to kindergarten, I started their like preschool career with. So I saw them from the time they were like, you know, had one word or no words and then, you know, maybe did, or they just didn't, weren't communicating as much as they were now. And I just saw them grow so much in two years. And I was so sad because we couldn't do their little you know, ceremony that we always did, but it was just, you know, it's just like a moment where it's like, I don't get to really like hug them goodbye and tell them they're going to be great in life, you know, all those things. And, um, yeah, one night I just lost it because from the time I woke up in the morning to the time I went to bed, I was thinking of all the ways I could create more videos. I was, you know, um, contacting parents, responding to them, trying to be the best I could be for them, spending, Every Wednesday and Friday, I spent six hours on Zoom just sitting in the class, the little class sessions just to watch them because that was all I was allowed to do. Like, and by like mid-April, I've lost it. And I, I didn't even realize, but Mar- it was the same thing where Mark's like, all you talk about is being a speech pathologist, which there's nothing wrong with. But he's like, you're sad now. You're upset because you feel like that's all you are and you haven't been able to be all you are. And he's like, but like, we're all here. Like you're a girlfriend, you have family, like you have people that love you that want to like hear about other things going on, you know? Right. And like, oh, like, yeah, I'm sorry, cutting you off. No, you're not. Um, it just makes me think so much that sometimes like I was in that same boat and I feel like Although I think I kind of became paralyzed, like I had paralysis of just overwhelm the first few months because same, so many meetings, but no true direction. Every meeting, it just felt like there really wasn't an actionable, like where do I, which direction do I go? Because any direction that was given pretty much the next day, we had to undo it. (laughs) Um, But it's so sad that like at, at some point I like, had to step back. I'm like, wait a second. I'm going through this pandemic too. Like this is my first time in this yes. like, world in this. Why am I negating myself of this hard time? Like everyone's going through a hard time and I'm trying to step up and serve my clients or my students. But wait a second. 
I'm, I'm like feeling this too. The whole world shut down. I'm such an empath. I was absorbing and kind of watching the news and seeing things oh. and then impacted me in a way. Cause I mean, it's a historic moment. When have we ever lived through something like yeah. this? So I had to, yeah, I mean like probably around May, around my birthday, I had to take a step back and really just like take stock of like, all right, I need to take care of myself. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to step up, whatever that may mean, I think um, I'm going to have to redefine that for myself, actually. Like, I'm going to step up by taking care of the thing that I really have control over, which is myself, and realizing I'm human first. I'm not just an SLP. And there's so much more to that that entails. And right now, just like I'm telling my kids and their parents to, you know, stay home and enjoy themselves and like, just really focus on their mm -hmm. connection. Like I need to focus on my connection and, you know, bolstering my energy and protecting myself. And I mean, I was giving out this advice, but not doing it myself. And then finally I was like, all right, I'm taking my own advice. I'm pouring back into myself. I'm nourishing myself with the relationships that really um, bring a lot of life to me and are the other parts of me that mean a lot more um, than just being an SLP. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Amen to that. It's, <sighs> yeah. It, and I think that's why, you know, we could say it till we're blue in the face, but essentially it's just like, if, you know, you're afraid of this so-called burnout and things like, you know, like that, like just focus on all of, I mean, not just there's, there's a lot that goes to it, but one of the things that you can really count on is that a lot more makes you, you, than just being a speech language pathologist, or if you're an occupational therapist or whatever, you're doing a great yeah. job, but you need to, you know, even if it's finding, I loved the question you asked me when we went live months ago. Now, when you said, how do you play one, like throughout the week, like what are ways that you can, and I think that that's a really great, you know, if, if you don't have something already that comes to mind, then ask yourself the question, okay, what can I do? to give myself freedom to play once, at least once a week, because even that, like that can take, like, can take your hat, your SLP hat off and get you out of your, in your, out of your own head and just help you discover more about yourself. Yeah. You guys, I think it's Dr. Stuart Brown. Um, he has book on play and I think he has a Ted talk on it too, but our brains, even as adults are hardwired. Like we biologically, physiologically are made to play. Um, a portion of our time is meant for play, which is, I believe he defined it as like a period of time that just has no like um, productive means. So you're not entering um, a certain scenario for any kind of accomplishment or a specific outcome in mind. You're just purely spending time um, to just play, to just indulge in a way. Um, and we talk about the power of play with kids, but I think we forget a lot of it when we get older and we have responsibilities. Right. I know adulting is rough because I have, I have a hard time adulting. Um, but we forget that play is so healthy for us too. Um, so one of the things that I've done with my husband, Vince, um, I think since my birthday, since whatever that time when I was like, I'm turning a leaf, I'm investing in myself, um, is I 
started to look at things that he really loved, I really like for play, like experimenting. I mean, if you guys have been on my um, platform, you see me bring out Mila, my tongue drum here and there. I picked her up during quarantine times. Um, yeah, but one of the things I do or I did and I continue now is I've made every room in our house have so, some kind of form of play like laying around so it's like an invitation to play for adults we talk about it for kids invitation to play but like in our living room we have instruments down there in our dining room we have a deck of cards and we have monopoly deal because we're kind of obsessed with it um i bought uh, a portable like ping pong thing because our table we can make shift it to a ping pong table so i'll force vince like i'll challenge him at lunch to a match <laughs> I love I, like, it. yeah i push his work off i'm like come on you have to play with me we're gonna do a ping pong match right now um in every room i kind of set up something where it's like crafts or like a sport because he's a soccer guy so we have a soccer ball and we just like i like created little stations, I guess, if you will. And it's just yeah. like a rem visual reminder, but also like an invitation, like, hey, take that break. You can, you can spare five, like few minutes, five yeah. minutes to do this. Yeah. That is such, I want to do that now. That is such a great idea. And I'm like, as you're talking about this, I'm like, okay, in my house, are there always, you know, I'm like, no, I should really do that in my office where I'm spending a lot of time right now working from home. I should have a little something that helps me play. Yeah. Um, it, Whatever that's, the version looks like for you guys, like could be mm -hmm. instruments, could be mm -hmm. I, I lay out Play-Doh because I actually really love Play-Doh and like sensory things. Right. Um, that's what I'm thinking I'll do. <laughs> yeah. Um, art supplies, um, mm -hmm. games. Yeah. There's anything. I mean, yeah. really, but I love that it's just like an invitation because then too, what you're doing is you're implementing that when you have other people there and other, you know, and, mm. um, it's one, it's so funny because one of the things Mark will do every time he's in a house and there's like a piano, it doesn't matter whose house it is. He's, he just goes and he just like plays a couple keys and oh, um, it's so that. funny to me. And even in my house, we have um, an old piano that's not tuned and he always will sit down and try and play something. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's how it he is. That's amazing. Yeah, I will say like, um, that's something that has really helped my mental health um, during this time is just having these little reminders around my house and even something simple like putting your shoes by the door. <laughs> yeah. So that you will take those walks or you will get out there and take a few minutes um, on your lunch break. Um, yeah, they can be really simple, simple things. And like you said, like when others come over, it's an invitation for them as well. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, and again, you know, talking about realizing that you're more than just an SLP, you know, when you're home, when people come over, they see, you know, that playful side and you get to do things that take you out of that. Um, not that there's anything wrong when somebody asks you how's work going, you know, and talking about it, but then it can, there can be more that happens, um, you know, or, yeah. you know, some, you could, I don't know. You can just connect on a more yeah. like, whole level, right? Like it doesn't yeah. always have to be about work. And I think, um, there's been definite periods in my life where work was such like my like main focus that anytime I saw people like 
that Bing just knew to ask me about it, but I really just didn't give that relationship um, a chance to grow and flourish in a different way. Like I just kind of always talked about work and some people are okay with that, but really it's like, you know, there's so much more to life than just work also, um, just mm-hmm. period. So not even just being an SLP, but in general, like how do you connect with others better? How do you become yeah. like partner or friend um I think it starts with just also talking about all (laughs) different aspects of life and not just work Um, yeah so let's talk about a little bit about protecting your energy you post about it and I really like it I did you know what was really interesting about all that I can't even remember what the first oh you this is where it came from I'll just tell the whole story because it is interesting and it does it does show you that as a human I go through my own stages I go through hard points in my life even you know if you were to go onto my Instagram page I know I know what it looks like it looks like oh this girl's happy all the time I try to be honest and real but even when I'm being real sometimes I feel like I'm always putting and that's just who I am too I'm, I am being real because I put a positive spin on it. I'm very much about taking, having accountability for how we go out into the world. Um, and so I want people to feel uplifted after they read something that I've done or I've posted, even if I'm at first maybe having a little bit of a moment to gripe about something. Um, and so in the last, well, in the month of January, I don't know what it was, but the month of January was really hard for me just I think I just had a really full plate and I think I also saw the overwhelm of work coming just in the spring months for me. It tends to get really busy with IEP meetings, which it's, it's funny. I get worked up about it and it's not even that bad. Like in the end, it's like, it gets done and I've, I know this, but I let myself get worked up because everybody else is worked up over it. And I get kind of that carry like the, the overflow of that, but then also there's just a lot of unknown in my personal life. You know, I know I'm going to be moving soon. I don't know exactly where. And for a person like me that likes to have some sort of a plan as far as that kind of a thing goes, because um, I talk a lot about not having a plan in speech therapy and that works for me. But when it comes to my own life and knowing maybe where I'm going to be living, I can't handle not knowing, even though it's months away. Like, so it was a really hard month in terms of just a lot of that unknown. Um, and I, I just, I went through a couple weeks of just feeling like every day, just feeling very exhausted, very ups- not upset, but just emotionally drained because I was just in- living, letting myself live in so much fear. And one day it was literally like, I woke up and I just told myself, I'm so tired of feeling this way. Like I'm just done. And, you know, I was doing my gratitude journaling and everything, but I even wrote in the journal, like, I just feel like a fraud. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be trying to sell, you know, the new journal came out. That was a really exciting time, but also very overwhelming because whenever I launch a new product, it's overwhelming. I get anxious and excited all at the same time. And I think all these emotions just finally came to me and were like, we can't anymore. You need to stop. And um, yeah, so one day I was like, like, I can't. I can't even, I just, I can't do this anymore. And the first thing I thought of like in my head was like, you're not protecting your energy. Like you are letting everybody else's stuff like from work affect you. You're letting this fear of something that you don't have as much control over right now affect you. 
And how can you protect your energy and keep, you know, and then like focus on maybe the gratitudes and stuff. Like, where do you need to get to basically was my question for myself to protect your energy. Um, one of the things that helped me was like finding new songs on iTunes and dancing to them. Like oh new, <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> I even, for sure. I needed a dance party and I, and I thought like, okay, like, but I don't want to listen to any of the music right now that I have downloaded. So I just started searching for dance music and just like, I literally pulled out my yoga mat and started doing yoga and then just let myself dance. And probably for like an hour and a half, that was really helpful. And then being honest with myself, being honest with, you know, Mark, cause he's the person I can talk to the most about these things and just telling him like, I just feel so off, like, you know, and I'm trying to to not, I'm not trying to bring negative energy to you. Cause that's what happens too. Um, if I feel negatively, my partner gets that because we're together the most and because we care about each other, but then it affects his energy. And I hated seeing that happen to him. And, um, so I, yeah, I kind of just was like, okay. So then I posted about it on Instagram. That's what happened. I was like, I think it was a post where I said, from this point on, I'm promising myself, like, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And one of those things was protect my energy and someone commented on or no I think she dm'd me she she dm'd me and she's like hey like I love this but like can I ask you like literally how how do you like how do you protect your energy and I was like you know what that's a really good question because I think yeah it's like what can you physically do and so I thought about it and then I asked some people I did a live uh, Instagram live and I was just like hey anybody want to help me like Think about a response to this question because it's very subjective. Like what I do is different, Elaine, than what you might do. Um, because what resonates, what um, brings energy to each of us is a different thing, right? What we all need and what helps us um, vibrate at a higher level just looks differently. The different things bring us different joy. Um, so. Yeah. Um, I love that question. Um, I would love to hear what you said. And I have some thoughts of what, yeah. what I would think. So I, when I thought about it, I was like, I think, cause I, I could put a very blanket statement on it and say, well, I set boundaries and well, I say no to things, but set boundaries. Yeah. That's, that's a huge part of it. It's like creating a force field for yourself and not saying you have to live in a bubble, not saying you should only stay in your comfort zone, but how do you protect your energy even when you're not in your comfort zone? And so yeah. Some of the ways that I do that are I, um, I, I'm just considerate about maybe considerate for myself. I mean, about where I am and who I'm with. There are people that we don't vibrate at the same level at all, ever. Mm -hmm. But part of protecting my energy is having that, being okay with that. I work with people that don't agree with me on anything that will fight me tooth and nail on anything that i recommend. And I used to get really frustrated about it. And lately I'm just like, I have to just be okay. We're just not, we're not going to agree. That's okay. Um, it's, it helps me stay joyful. If I choose to accept everybody for who they are now, obviously there's some caveat caveats to that. Right. But I can make the choice to spend my good quality time with certain people. Um, and I think that's really huge in just understanding who raises your vibration and who brings it down. 
that again. And I think it just comes back to a lot of self-awareness. And so my whole, my thing, I posted about it on, I think it's on TikTok. I don't even think I put it on Instagram, but I put, I just posted a video about like the first thing you need to do when you're trying to focus on your energy is like figure out, like you said, what brings me that good vibration? What elevates it? And so for me, it's just being mindful of who I'm spending the majority of my time with um, and thinking about how exactly do they elevate that vibration? What kinds of things do I need? Like for me, I need good quality conversation. I love having these like with you and you know, when, when I can connect with people just over, even if we don't have all the same opinions, but we can have a conversation for me, that's just amazing. It's, it's just so good because, and these kinds of conversations, talking about walking through life joyfully and, you know, inspiring others. Um, another thing for me, I guess is, um, oh my gosh, I just lost it. I totally lost. I almost want to go look at my post because I'm like, I just had it in my brain. I know. I'm like, Marie, what's in the air today? I had that too. Like I'm having just brain. Like, yeah, I don't know. So many thoughts and then no thoughts at the same time. Yeah. Like I want to share it all. (laughs) Oh, another thing is saying no. Um, I recently read somebody saying like, if I don't have an enthusiastic yes, which Mark and I will call it a hell yes, then, and I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know. This doesn't really jive with me. Like just knowing that it's okay to say no, like, and you and I have talked about this before, but we talked about it a lot in like, you know, at work, like, really anywhere in life. My, my mom and her husband love to go camping. They love to go off-roading. They love to do things I don't necessarily like to do. I'll go on a hike with them and I'll, you know, whatever. It's not that, you know, I'm like afraid of it. It's just like, I would probably rather be hiking or I would rather go to the beach. Like if that's how I want to spend my time, I'll just advocate for how I prefer to spend my time. That raises my energy so much. Um, and then and I, they feel that your, your mom like feels that she knows when you're like vibrating at your higher level and yeah. you can bond and connect and it's, yep. it's about quality over quantity. Right. And so that time that you do say yes, and you choose that option, um, to go hiking or to the beach with her, it's so much more meaningful because you both are connecting at this yep. level where you're both in your happy place, <laughs> essentially. Exactly. Um, Yeah. There's I, wanna... nothing wrong with that. I think there's more power to it. Yeah. I think for me, I love all the things you've said, because honestly, um, it is so important to kind of support your take stock and support yourself as much as you can. Obviously there's people we work with where, you know, you just gotta, you gotta just, um, do your best and kind of understand that there's differences, you know, you're not going right. to see eye to eye with everyone, but the people that you do have in your circle, that's going to be there to kind of support you day in, day out and vice versa. You will do that for them. Like, I think it is um, important to be selective in a way and being careful about um, who you let in, because I do think that's another source of burnout too, is if you're in a position where you enjoy being a caretaker or caregiver and you're just so giving. And if you have people who are close to you that, maybe don't reciprocate that or you're saying yes to a lot of things that maybe you don't want to say yes to because you love that person. Like, I just think there's some things there to evaluate, to protect your energy as well. But the other thing that I think about, um, which I talk 
a little bit about, I don't, I don't talk about it um, as direct on my platform, but I bring up morning routines or morning rituals. And I'm going to be honest, guys, my routine ebbs and flows. There's times where it's like, oh, I will wake up, I'll do a meditation, I'll pray, I'll read a little bit of my book. Like, you know, it's like a full on, like, it feels like I had a day before my day started. Yeah. And then right now, the past, I don't know, three months, four months, it's been boiled down to the essentials, which is for me, it's praying, reading a devotional and doing my gratitude journal. Um, And the whole point of that um, is really to protect my energy from the sense of, and this is something I heard um, from a faith leader. Um, I believe it's a Christian faith leader um, who said it. I can't remember the name of the person. (laughs) But they talked about before you exchange shouts with the world, exchange whispers with your God. And the way I have flipped it in my brain for myself is before I exchange my energy with others, I'm going to exchange it with myself. And so I really center and ground myself before I go out in the world, because I've noticed when I wake up and I'm almost in like a reactive mode. Like I got to get ready. I got to go to work. And then I hop into an IP meeting or into therapy world. I'm already like in a headspace of what can I do to help people? What am I going to do to do that? Like, you know, what, what do I need to get done today? It's a little more frenzied as opposed to like taking a minute. And when I say like, honestly, the essential routine I have now, it's probably less than 10 minutes. It's like 10 minutes max. Um, but even that quiet solitude of just like, all right, checking in with myself, grounding myself in my values, my truth, what makes me, me, um, I can take a beat, take a breath and enter in my day. I feel more fully like in myself, like more aligned with myself. Like here I am, here's Elaine (laughs) doing her job as opposed to, all right, jumping head first in the water. Let's do all these things. And I think that throws me off when I don't have that moment to myself. So I will say for me, a big part of protecting my energy is how I start my days. Um, I think that's, and I'm very much the same way. And I, I do love that you said that it ebbs and flows because it's funny because it's such an essential for me, it's essential for like getting myself grounded. But if I don't have the maybe the time, if things kind of need to change, sometimes I'm not flexible with myself, which is interesting. It's nobody else but me that can make the decisions to maybe right now I won't meditate. Maybe like I could only, you know, I just, I'll do my journal and I'll, you know, take things a little bit slower as I get ready or whatever it is, but maybe I just don't have it like all that time I want to devote to meditation. And I think being more flexible with myself also helps protect that energy and trusting that, I don't have to do all those things or, you know, I try to be very um, vocal when I talk about the things that work for me in terms of mental health. When I talk about it on social media in terms of like what works for me doesn't work for you just because you see me pouring my coffee every morning or just because you see me posting about a journal. It doesn't mean you need to have that, you know, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about having a morning ritual and routine. It it means whatever you want it to mean. So if it's a dance party and you're blasting music mm-hmm. at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. in the morning, 
do that. For me, I'm the type of person where like, I'm very sensitive in the morning. I like, I can't have like, like lights and like too <laughs> much, like loud sounds. And so like, I need to ease into my day to feel more right. like myself. But some people like my best friend, she's like, I'm not awake unless it's like bright lights. Like she'll pull the curtains. She'll have loud music blasting. She dances. And that's like her routine. Yeah. Um, so I think going back to what you said about your TikTok video of like figuring out what it is that raises your vibration, I think really taking inventory and reflecting on what are the things that like fill my bucket and maybe from that, what's one or two things that I can start implementing in my morning. Yeah. Or if you don't like morning, I would say your noon, maybe lunchtime. There you go. Yeah. Or having just a time of day that grounds you. Maybe it's better for you before you go to bed because then you sleep and your subconscious is, you know, kind of r- ruminating on those things. It just, it's very dependent on the person. One yeah. thing I do want to add that I loved, and I think it was Paige that brought this up in my life. She was like, something that helps her protect her energy, which I think this goes for, personally, I think this probably goes for everybody, is just being aware of the media that you consume. Not oh, that, okay. you know, because again, and I, I, um, I admitted something in the live. I was like, I thought, I thought I was going to get a lot more flack for it, but I didn't because of a certain movie that I can't watch. And I don't know why I don't know the reason, but I know after watching it like eight times and after every time having a decrease in energy or just, um, positive energy decrease in my vibration, it's Moana. Every time I watch that movie, Elaine, it's supposed to be this like really good uplifting movie. And I think it's adorable. I love the songs. They get stuck in my head. But it dec- it just, I'm grouchy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because I want to live near the ocean and I don't, I don't know. But I'm going to be honest. I've never been able to finish Moana. Okay. I never, like, I don't know if I paid attention enough to see how my mood is. And it's because I'm already asleep. <laughs> that's exactly what Paige said. I, I will say that's one movie that, um, because, you know, as that's our homework as a pediatric SLP. Yeah, exactly. We watch these videos that our students talk about or speak of so we yeah. can communicate with them. Moana, like I love the music and so many of my um, students were talking about it. I mm-hmm. wanted to watch it and mm-hmm. I tried like three times and I was like, all right, three strikes, you're out. Like I keep falling and I don't know. Well, then I don't feel so bad, but it, I've watched it fully through and there's just oh, something, it's so interesting. But, and I, and I, again, I don't know why, like I could tell you, well, I guess I couldn't tell you, you just know, you just have a feeling. And so that's something I think people can really like reflect on is like, okay, what am I listening to? Is this making me feel like elevated? And like, I get it. Sometimes those sad romantic songs, like there, there's a time for them. And like, sometimes I know I need a good cry and maybe that's what's protecting my energies. Like tonight, I'm just going to let myself cry and I'm going to listen to all the music and watch the sad, the sad things because I'm going to be in my feels. I'm going to actually vibrate my energy by being in my feels and owning it and feeling empowered by it as opposed to, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I think, I think all those things are, they're really good. And like you said, it's just a matter of understanding what works for you and take that time to figure it out or just be, you know, maybe Mark does this cool thing where he sets alarms on his phone for, um, like reminders, mindfulness reminders throughout the day. And I'm totally calling him out, but <laughs> it's really good. I'm just, no, I love that. But he, I mean, 
so yeah, much. it's just so cute. And it's, I mean, he totally inspires me. And a lot of my mindfulness stuff, I try to be like, tell people like, this is a Mark thing that I've just taken on and run with. But yeah. And I think like doing things like that, like if you're like, okay, I want to focus on being like more aware of what vibe helps me like vibrate that good energy, then set a reminder, like just a little, a little, you know, you just hear it beep on your phone and then you're like, okay, wait, what am I thinking about? How do I feel? Or like, what is around me? What's my environment like? I think it all works together. I know you and I talked about, there was one time you and I talked where it was like how you set your desk up in your office, you know? I mean, I think, oh my gosh, when you're talking about what Mark does, I mean, one, he's just, he sounds like a brilliant guy too. You guys are so cute together. (laughs) We need more Murray and Mark content. I know Um, we've, we've fallen off for a little bit. We've both been so crazy busy with our own business things. Yeah. Oh, but okay. The third thing I want to say is there's, um, a coach. I don't know how to classify an author. I think his name is Brendan Burchard. Oh, Burchard. Yes. And he, his book was about like something like high performer, like performance quality. High performance habits. Yeah. Mark and I, Mark and I, (laughs) two brains trying Mm -hmm. to, yeah, the title. (laughs) And he talked about how a big part of this high performance, like the qualities that high performers have is their ability to transition into different situations with the intention that they want. And so what he will do is he's like, before I move from like going from work to home, like even in that moment, like I sit in my car and I think what feeling or energy do I want to bring into my household? Um, or vice versa, going from work, from home to work or going from like a collaborative meeting to now like a really productive, like he's in a sit down, like I have to get through these emails, those transitions, he's like, those are leverages in your day to kind of really take a minute, take a beat, reflect and set an intention or set an emotion. Like, what is the feeling? I want to come in with more energy. I want to come in with more um, thoughtfulness. Like I want to actually be an active listener in this. Um, I don't know. Experiment, not experiment. What am I trying to say? Um, environment, environment, environment. (laughs) Um, so I think what Mark is doing is kind of like, it makes me think of that, like really having those, um, set intentions throughout the day and like little reminders to just allow you to like, check in with yourself like hey is this day going the way that I want it to go like how am I feeling all right what course correct if you want to and also like all right keep going (laughs) yeah no exactly and he honestly I think he might have gotten that technique or been inspired from it from that book I got him that book for his birthday like three years ago now two years ago I'm not sure but I'd gotten it for him but I hadn't read it I just heard it was really good and he really likes he's a big Tim Ferriss fan and um, has just all kinds of books like that. And so we always like to get books like that and read them and talk about them. But I, that was one where I was like, here you go. And then I started reading, I read it like a year ago. And when I read it, I realized like, oh, he got a lot of this stuff. How cute. He read it and like ran with it. But (laughs) it's funny because I, it's, it's like, I bit myself in the butt a little bit for it because I didn't really understand that whole what energy are you bringing in thing? I mean, you get it, but you don't, right? Like, you know, when you go into a situation where you're being negative and now all of a sudden the whole energy is negative and like, 
you know, you did that. Like, I mean, that's just, <laughs> you know, and I, and again, like, it's like, I'm not trying to shame anybody or put it, but like, I've been in situations where I'm like, crap, like everybody was so happy until I got here, <laughs> you know, and I'm talking about like, you know, with family or something where maybe I'm Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm aware. <laughs> but he's had moments where he's told me like, you're in, like, this is like, again, back in those early quarantine days where he's like, your energy is not, it's not helping me, you know? And he was, he's very honest. And I, now looking back, I'm like, I'm glad he was honest with me about those things. Cause I want to be honest with people about those things. Like, or at least the people that I can talk to about it. I wouldn't, just say that to somebody to be rude. But. How beautiful is it that you guys have essentially like transparent, but yeah. like these hard conversations, hard, I'm putting in quotes because it can be hard, but really yeah. it's so needed to kind of just say, Hey, I love you. And this is what I need from you. Like right now, like, I know you're having a hard time. I want to support you, but I don't quite know how, like, can we talk about what's going on? Cause I feel your energy. Yeah. I mean, same. Like Vince and I have been together 11 years now, wow. but married maybe four, <laughs> like okay. I can't remember, lost count, four. Um, and we're at a point where I'm like, what's going on? Like, I just walk into the room and he's like, nothing. I'm like, mm, you try can again. Feel it. I feel mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you can't, you can't fool me. So yeah. what's really going on? Yeah. And do the same with me. And I'm just like, all right. Like usually our first go-to is like nothing, nothing. And then oh, it's, oh my blah, 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 blah. This is happening. This right? is happening. I can feel the hamster wheel in your brain. It's like spinning and spinning and spinning. Like he picks up when I'm in my head and I do need to get called out because then it, it pulls me out of my brain. Cause sometimes I can just live in there for too long with like all my thoughts and same, not really, um, losing that awareness of how I'm impacting the energy and the environment Mm -hmm. around me. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That being mindful piece of like of, who you're spending the majority of your time with. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's yeah. really powerful. I know. I feel like we talked about all the things like, okay, we, okay. Burn, burnout. Now. About, I mean, we got it to be scared of. <laughs> it's, not, it's not. And you know, and I feel like Elaine, like I am, we, we did this at the month during my last podcast and you could tell me Marie, I'm done coming on here, but I feel like this is a conversation that we can continue. Like we can, you know, in a couple months come back and just be like, okay, like we, cause I feel like you and I are, especially being on social media and connecting with so many people, we're learning about this stuff as we're talking about it. Like these are things that, you know, as we've talked to more graduate students and undergrads, like we're learning, okay, like so this is what, you know, when we went through that process, this is maybe what would have made it a little bit more helpful or just so I could yeah. feel more supported or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, anytime you want to come back and talk about this, I think it's, these are conversations worth having. So. I mean, I would love nothing more than to continue <laughs> this conversation because I think that this is an ever evolving um, journey and growth process for both of us, right? And we're in different seasons, which is always going to change. And also in the context of COVID times, like as things start to change again, I think there's going to be different um, perspectives we're going to gain, different Mm -hmm. conversations we're going to hear, narratives that we're going to learn from. Um, And the whole point, I think, of what you and I talked about both on and off camera is normalizing burnout or moral injury. If you watch that YouTube video and people um, resonate with that um, is to just 
bring more advocacy and more awareness to it so that we all can feel empowered to take the steps that we need to, whether it's with ourselves and that awareness to maybe make some accommodations or adjustments in our life um, to support our own needs or to take that next step to talk to your employer and have those hard conversations of what's going on with the um, system that's not not supporting your your needs um did we ever circle back and talk about the mental health day i feel like we kind of did but then i know we had a little bit of a glitch glitch. maybe we didn't i think we forgot kind of how we were wording it but (laughs) but i think but and we could say it right now too i mean just like I'll just give my perspective on it. That's, that's changed throughout the years. I really didn't know what a mental health day would, was supposed to be until, um, like last year. And that was my third year post-graduation. So I'm in my fourth year now, just to give context. And I had a friend, um, who like said, I'm just, I'm gonna take tomorrow off just so you know, Um, and I was like, okay, like everything. Okay. She's like, yeah, I just need a mental health day. But in such a very, like, yeah, I just know it's things are crazy right now at home and at work or whatever. And I'm just, I'm taking a day for myself. Um, and I'm, I was one, like even in in college and from, from elementary school on, like never wanting to miss anything, never wanting to miss school. Um, you know, and I think in our systems, right. Attendance is, is rewarded too much. Yeah. Um, you know, with, I mean, cause yeah, like, I, <laughs> I remember when I was working in the elementary schools and kids were coming in sneezing and coughing and feeling nauseous. And I'm like, why are you at school? You know, but parents wanted to send them cause you know, it looks better if we all are there and I don't know. And just like, I'm just like, no, like one, they're like physically sick, but like, if they're like, I, um, recently had a situation with, on zoom like telling a parent who just there's a lot going on in the family and I was telling dad like if you I hope you know you don't like if you need a day off it's okay like I'm not trying to get out of working I'll be here but I was like there was just some really heavy stuff. So nice that you gave that family permission because sometimes families just yeah they need to hear that it's okay and and how great that you you essentially gave him that. Oh yeah. And so, and I think, and that's where I, and that's only because only a year ago, probably I learned I could give myself that permission if I needed to take a mental health day to do it. Like, and so I've gotten a lot better at knowing when I feel like an impending tension or stress or whatever to just be like, okay, well, I'll, I'll take a, I'll use one of my sick days. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's okay. And there's just a stigma, I think, around taking a day off because you can't physically hear or see what's going on inside. Like, cause you know, you're not sneezing, you're not coughing, you don't have a fever, but like you still might have some sort of fatigue. And, um, if you don't feel like you, you know, if, if this, if servicing your kids today is going to put you over the edge, like for the next couple days, like just, it's okay. Like, I don't know. The work will always be there. Your kids will be there. um, But your health, it just can't wait. Um, And 
I, I mean, my first year, first couple years, I was terrified of taking days off. I was scared to call in and say, I have a mental health day. Like I was scared to call in and not actually sound sick. Like, wait, but I, I look fine. I sound fine. How am I going to explain this to my employer? Especially when you work in private practices where the setting's a little bit more intimate. I think there could be a little bit of like, um, or at least for me, there was a fear of just like, oh, I feel like I have, like, technically you don't need to give an explanation, but when it's such a small setting, sometimes you feel like you have to, cause you're like, uh, everyone's going to know that I'm just fine physically looking fine, but I'm out sick. Um, but it is so important to take that mental health day because we know that stress creates all these psychosomatic issues and stress contributes. It's like the underlying cause for so many different ailments. And um, I have some chronic illness myself and stress doesn't help it. It definitely exacerbates it. Um, And there's so many times where like I've gone sick and all, and it all is rooted through stress. So I do think mental health days should just be looked at as like preventative. Like it is important to take care of yourself because if you don't, I mean, I know for myself, I was burnt out or I was actually physically sick for a longer period of time, probably more like longer than it should have been had I just taken that one day off to really just decompress, do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the other thing that maybe we can talk about more next time is, and this is something to unpack, it's a little hard, but I will say guilt like taking the time off but not feeling guilty and it's so hard to be like don't feel guilty because I know I was in that position where I definitely um in my third year of working took a few sick mental health days but felt so guilty that honestly that day wasn't restful it felt really kind of like a waste of a day and I felt so bad and like wait this was supposed to be my day but I'm not even enjoying it because I feel so guilty so it was counterproductive yeah um yeah. So I think that's something to dive in at some point. I think, Cause I think we could do a whole episode on that. Um, mm. I, I would love to talk about that more. Cause I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts about guilt. And recently I was, I, I don't know who I was talking to, but I basically was saying guilt is the one, I, is it a feeling or an emotion? I don't really know, but like, it's the one thing that I want to just erase from, from my brain, like my, like, um, yeah, I think we, (laughs) I think you're right. We have a lot to unpack there. And for the sake of time, I think we should just plan on having a whole talk on that. (laughs) Um, but I agree with you that the, like, because we talked a little bit about like this last time too, where it's like sometimes employers or admin or something, you know, they'll give you like those tips like, Oh, just meditate more. Oh, just see that you're grateful for something or whatever. And it's okay. And I will say recently, or like at the beginning of this year, because of how stressful everything was, it was my principal, like made a comment in one of our meetings. Like, if you need to take a mental health day here and there, like, please teachers feel free, like know that I support it, you know? And it was, it, it was more than I'd ever heard an admin advocate for. Mm-hmm. And I was really appreciative. And I think that helped like take the stigma away from it for me. Um, and cause I have, you know, full, full disclosure, I've taken a couple mental health days this year and they have been really helpful. But again, it's, 
helped knowing that my admin like basically said it was okay to take away that guilt. Um, but we shouldn't need that. And we don't like Mm -hmm. to all the other people out there listening, like you don't need your admin or anybody to tell you it's okay to use a personal or a sick day for a mental health day, like, and use your sick days. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, Use them all up. (laughs) Don't, don't save them. Use it. If you You need it, if you need it, use it. They're there for that. And I know, I think that's the, oh, that's a whole other thing. Sick days. Cause for women, you know, I know a lot, like people tell me all the time, we'll save them if you ever go on maternity leave. And it's like, why should I have to? Yeah. But that's a whole other. I'm like, no, for sure. Oh my goodness. Okay. But yeah. Um, but I guess we should close this one out. (laughs) It's getting, I know there's always so many things to talk about when it gets to like, well, first when you and I get together about these topics that we're so passionate about. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. We just want everybody to, to be, taking care of themselves. That's really what it is. It's just like, take care of yourself because then you can bring that to wherever you go, like that good energy and, you know, but you got to take care of yourself first. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining me again. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to do many more of these. I know. Continue our conversations because I do think, um, there's just so much, um, so much to talk about. And I, every time I have a conversation with you, Marie, I just feel like, well, one, so much joy and so happy to talk about these topics with you. But um, it just fills my bucket and my soul because really this is something that's just so near and dear to me. I know from your standpoint, it's like that gratitude, right? And that wellness piece. And I think that's where we intersect is I'm so passionate about and passionate about it because I've been through it where I've been so burnt out or have taken my own um, physical, mental health for granted that yeah. it's something I care to t- like talk about and promote so much because I want everyone to really have tools and like just the perspective of what they could possibly do to boost their, their own well-being and their wellness. So I appreciate yeah. doing this with you. Thank you so much. I, I feel the exact same. So I'll just say what she said. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening, Elaine. Thank you for joining. I hope to have you back soon. I swear, everybody, anytime I talk to Elaine, whether it's DMing on Instagram or sitting down and having a Zoom call or one of these podcasts, I, I'm given energy for like the next four weeks of my life. She is an amazing spirit. I'm just so grateful to call her a friend and I can't wait to bring her back and just have her dump some more knowledge on all of us because, oh my gosh, she needs to just stop what she's doing right now and do a mic drop. Wouldn't you agree? You can find Elaine at the links that I've put in the notes for you uh, on Instagram. And you can also find me on Instagram. DM me. Let me know what you think. Again, rate, review, subscribe, all the things and uh, have a great rest of your day.